Hello everyone, this is Walking the World with Zir. I'm your host Jalen, also known as Baby Zir, and today I'm joined by Halai. Kareem, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. And uh, I know recently we just went over spring break, so I'm wondering, how, how was your spring break? My spring break was good. It was good to kind of like slow down life a little bit and take mm-hmm. a step back and just recharge. Yeah. It's been since, what, winter break that we haven't had a chance to really do oh, that, yeah. and yeah. my spring season's always the busiest for me, so having a break right in the middle of that was really important. Mm. What 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 uh what did you necessarily do during your break? Yeah, I actually went back to some roots at JMU. Spent a couple of days at uh, uh, Harrisonburg with Mr. Rutan. Just mm. uh, we graduated two years from each other. So I okay. and I didn't know him back in college. So yeah. he showed me some spots that he really liked. I showed him some spots, and that was a good like easy cheap getaway for a couple of days before we had some other commitments to do. So. That's yeah. cool, yeah. And you went to JMU as a as a kid growing up, right? Yeah, go Dukes. How how, how was the uh, environment around that and just going going to that school in general? Yeah, JMU is one of those uh, Virginia like big schools, so there's thousands and thousands of kids there. But I think the biggest thing that makes it worthwhile is when you start to build community around smaller groups of people, uh, and gotcha. you find your you find your niche and your family. And any any time that you've got your core group of friends or core activities that you like to do in clubs and organizations, that's where college really becomes a fun time for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, while, while you were there, what activity would you say is, like, the biggest, like, thing everyone was doing or, like, you know, the trendy things? The cool thing about college is that no one gives a crap anymore, like, yeah. what the cool, trendy thing is. Every single group of kid has their own thing to do. So kids are into student leadership. Kids are into athletics. There are kids that are music majors doing their own thing. That's There's so kids cool. that are in fraternities and sororities. So you can pick and choose, really, what you want to do, try a bunch of different things until you find your home base gotcha. or try multiple things and you might fall in love with multiple things. So I think college is the part where things change for kids and it's not really about what's trendy. It's more of like, what do you want to spend your time doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, do you, do, you, do you think college is for everyone? No, college is definitely not for everybody. There were, a, I had a lot of friends that dropped out actually. Hmm. Um, my Friend group, I had a couple of different friend groups in college, but there were definitely kids that were more business savvy and were already hustling, like had side side businesses and oh, things yeah. that we were doing. And it was kind of classes were just getting in the way yeah. and none of the classes were relevant to what they were trying to do with their life. Mm. So their parents kind of put them in the situation of like, hey, you got to go to school, you got to go to school. And school is awesome. And I think education is always important. I would have never been a teacher if that wasn't the case. Yeah. But it's not for everybody in the sense that not every career path needs to result in you going to college. Going to college, got yeah. you. Got and it's expensive. It is expensive. It's gotten like it's gone up so much like the past few years. I it's think expensive. I'll be like thirty five by the time I pay off my student loans just wow. from undergrad. Did your parents uh, pay for your college? They didn't. No, they didn't. And how how was that? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, as a, as a you know junior or senior uh, about to go into college, how how how's that like feeling like? Yeah, so my family, um, I'm a child of immigrants, right? So mm-hmm. they moved into this country when they were already past the high school age. Gotcha. Um, and they were already steps behind everybody else in that sense. So mm-hmm. I never, I knew early on that my parents weren't going to be able to really afford this, but they had really good credit. So I was able to get student loans based off of that. And That's- 
Um, I'm grateful for the fact that they paid, you know, every credit card that they had on time and their mortgage on time and, and having a good credit score was what, you know, resulted in me having a chance to even go to college. So of course, yeah. it sucks that they didn't pay for it, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that I got a chance to still go. If you if you don't qualify for a loan, you can't even go in the first place. Uh, so it was it was hard. There are many times to this day that I still get pretty upset about, you know, you take a look around and there are people whose parents really set them up for success and they, they paid for their school and they paid course, for their yeah. car and they paid for everything to set their kid up for the easiest route. Yeah. And I see that and I'm like, dang, like I'm steps behind because I have these loans. Yeah. Um, it like motivates you, right? It's like, it does. It, it motivates me now, but it's your mindset. Like you could really be upset and I could be like, Oh dang, like I wish that I had that kind of life where my parents did everything for me, but I learned so many lessons from them that were valuable just in a different way. Yeah. Um, and it really made me into somebody that worked harder than I think I would have had it been an easier route. Gotcha. Gotcha. And now growing up as a kid, what was like your first kind of like job? Like uh, starting off as like a teen, like, you know, like everyone's like first job. My first job was a Starbucks barista. Starbucks barista. Love me a good chai latte. Do you, do you, do you still know how to like make a, make a a drink now? Oh, I'm so judgy. Every time I go to Starbucks, I'm like, that girl ain't doing it right. She's not doing it. She's not doing it. She didn't. mm -hmm. She uh, added a half pump of this, and I know she did. She did <laughs> by mistake. You just tell. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, that, that one and a half teaspoon of this, this, two seconds of that. No, I'm joking. But. No, for real. Yeah. No, I just, I'm messing, I'm messing around. But it was it was a fun first job. I had that job for like a year, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. What, do you, uh, what did you learn from like customer service, being around like customers all the time and stuff oh man i used to sneak free drinks for my friends all the time that's what i learned about no um i had like the night shift Mm. after school uh and then the on the weekend sometimes i worked like the early morning shift i don't know starbucks is cool because everybody gets coffee Mm -hmm. so i would just quick pace like you just got to be quick you got to hustle you got to work hard um no one was ever mean to me that's good. I never yeah. had like a bad experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I never really had a moment that I was like, oh, this sucks or wow, this person was rude. I was just, I wanted to get faster and faster at making the drink so the line would shorten. Mm-hmm. So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so w- coming off of that, what inspired you to be become a choir teacher and just teach in that industry? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I took chorus in eighth grade. Because the summer before eighth grade Camp Rock came out, mm. the Disney Channel movie. Yeah. And I was like, yo, like Demi Lovato is so cool. Like, I want to be like Demi Lovato. So I took chorus and I was like, screw this. Like, I'm going to take chorus. I think that yeah. this is going to be cool. So I fell in love with it immediately. And, and by the time what I was. What year did you take uh, choir? From eighth grade on. So okay, similar okay. to you guys. Yeah. Gotcha. So from eighth grade, started taking chorus and I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. Like, I loved my teacher. Mm-hmm. And at Robinson, It's seventh grade to 12th grade. So you do middle school with uh, high school school, all in one school. So I had the same teacher for five years. Oh, wow. Uh, And I never had a switch or anything. So then by sophomore year, we got a chance to perform at like a really intense music conference. Gotcha. And that environment and that high level of music, I was like, yo, like 
they get paid for this. Like they're teachers and they get to do this all day and then like go perform with this cool stuff. Like I'm, I think I want to do this. Oh yeah. And I had an awesome time as a student. It was the class that I always enjoyed. And people always say like, pick a career that makes you feel like you were not really working. Mm, yeah. And just like, like you're just having fun. You're just having a good time. Yeah. yeah. And that was like the place that I felt I was having the most fun. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, go, 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 like being able to like have you, you know, you, there's a lot of pressure, you know, building up to like that concert, you know, but it's a lot of fun because you get to like see like uh, the, the progress of like all your like kids and stuff. Um, what is like your favorite part about like just rehearsal in general and just like practicing with like your students and stuff? Yeah, uh, I think rehearsal is like the sacred space, right? Mm. So I think my students now know that if you want to build a relationship and have a good time, that's something that you should do outside of class. Like hang out during lunch with the group of us that hangs out during lunch. Yeah. Stop by during your study hall. Like find op- other opportunities to build a relationship with your teacher. Yeah. But during class, like we're getting work done. That's oh, yeah. not the time to do that. We're continuing to build our craft. So what I love about rehearsal is that it flips the switch from, you know, here are all these goofy kids that are just their own personalities to everybody's yeah. working on one thing together. Mm. And that that space that you create and that, that discipline is something that I appreciate. Mm, the energy is like everyone just like, Oh, this is the time now. It's like, you, you just built that. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. so if, if anyone is trying to get into like the choir industry or just become like a choir teacher themselves, what do you like recommend they like kind of research into or like learn as a skill? I think the most important skill as a teacher no matter what kind of teacher you are is relatability. Mm. So even if you aren't into the same things that kids are into, kids can feel your energy. And if you're a positive person and you're a safe person, they feel safe around you. They feel like they can trust you. That's not really a skill that's taught. Mm -hmm. It's just a characteristic that you have. So in order to be, I think a successful teacher, you have to be charismatic and you have to, genuinely be there authentically for the right reasons and kids will love you in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, So that's one of the things. And obviously if you're going to become a music teacher, you got to really fine tune all your, your singing skills and your musicianship skills and music theory and all these things. So that's the disciplinary side of it. But I think what makes teachers in general successful is when they have good relationships with their students and they're authentic about who they are in the classroom. I was about to just uh, mention that um, having that like relationship with your student that like how important is that for for a student and like the teacher themselves just like like learning getting better overall in choir and just like coming together as a whole. Yeah I think the cool experience for me has been that I've had you know, all my students for longer periods of time, you're in an English class, so you have that teacher for a year and then you move on, right? Yeah. But for me, I'm lucky and I'm privileged enough to have students and watch them grow from year to year. Mm. So I'm invested. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see this kid, not only their personality changes and matures, but their their singing skills mature over time and they mm. grow and you think back like, oh my God, I taught them how to do that. Yeah. Like they're this good because we did that together and it was a 50-50 effort and energy and relationship in the way that we did that so oh, yeah. not only just the kids' personal lives and personal growth but their musical growth mm. um is just inspiring for me it's it, these are i feel like you guys are my kids and i'm like raising you in a oh, way yeah because you're with us like so for so long it's just yeah. like 
three, no, no, like probably five years, even for the kids who in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a long time. Yeah. Um, for the kids who like you know tried out choir because like there's this there's a group of kids who just do it because their friends do it or mm-hmm. or like you know they just want to try out something new. What you know if they like drop out the class the the next uh, following year and they they might like. They might think like, oh, maybe this teacher like thinks I, d- I don't like her or something. Like, wh- what do you have to say to like kids who you know join your class, but like next year don't don't like do it again? Like, yeah, what do yeah. You have to say about that? I don't have any beef with that. I think that there are a lot of kids that you know take it because they think that oh, it's Miss Kareem or whoever, and mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be an easy A or she's so cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then again, they realize like rehearsal space is sacred space. We're working hard, yeah. right? And if you don't have the heart to get better and you don't genuinely um, find interest in music, you're mm-hmm. going to have a hard time. Yeah. It's not, I don't think that it's that they don't like me. I don't think that they think that I don't like them because there are kids that it's not for them. You know, their heart's not in it and that's yeah. fine. Doesn't mean that I don't appreciate you as a student. Doesn't mean that I don't, you know, want to say hi to you in the hallways, mm-hmm. but they're passion for it wasn't there the kids that continue on and are dedicated for four years Mm -hmm. or two years or however many years they're in the program it's because they're they have a passion willingness to want to improve and grow gotcha gotcha um so having that like invested relationship with your student what's the hardest part about having that oh man that's a great question i think as a young teacher you know i'm i'm not married I don't have children. Um, I I graduated college, and then this was the next step for me. Mm-hmm. And you guys are and will be for a long time my whole world, you know, in a sense of this job has become such a big part of my identity because of the students that I have. Yeah. And each relationship in its own way has become so special to me, and I feel like that's – a bond that people just don't really understand. I feel mm-hmm. like you have to be in the room to really get like yeah. what that bond looks like. Yeah. Um, and it's hard sometimes, you know, kids will, kids will disappoint you. They'll make mistakes. It's kind of like being a parent, just a little bit different in terms of the teacher role. Kids make mistakes. Kids can be rude. Sometimes kids personalities change mm. over time. They might be really, really exciting and, and happy in eighth grade. But then by the time that they're a sophomore, you know, they're going through something and yeah. they're more reserved. So, or they might let you down. They might skip a concert. How do, how do you work around that? Like, you know, it might not be so easy for them to open up or someone to open up at, at first, but like, how do you, how do you work around that? I think being consistent is important for teachers. Like be consistent with the expectations that you have. Everyone knows what makes me upset. Yeah. Everyone knows what my expectations are. And if you don't meet those expectations, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. Um, the thing that I'm working on is not taking it so personally. Mm. Like if a kid makes a mistake, it's not because I did something wrong. It's because they're just kids and they're going through it Mm -hmm. and they're, growing up and they're going to make mistakes sometimes. So it's tough. It's tough to handle when kids don't meet the mark or the expectations that you have, but you got to just move forward and continue to believe in them for, for what it's worth. And, and like believing in kids, a lot of adults, they they might seem kids as like, you know, like the new, the new generation as like, Oh, irresponsible or maybe like a little bit lazy or just like as kids. What are your opinions on that? Like, do do you see a lot of that happening currently? 
a lot of you guys joke, you know, I'm so millennial. <laughs> I'm definitely on the cusp of that. Like I'm closer to the Gen Z a little bit, but I, I act, I think more so like that old school millennial a little bit. Mm. So I do feel like we are two different generations and, and Gen Z acts differently than millennials do. Mm-hmm. You guys' mindset is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, things have changed. Social media wasn't really around when we were kids. Instagram came out the summer before my college freshman year. Oh, yeah, I didn't get an iPhone until I was a junior. Oh, that's like every, what everyone got like a phone or something like in you know, like eighth grade, ninth grade. Yeah, it makes on. a huge difference. And I had a phone, but you could only text on it. So mm. things like that make a huge difference. Um, but I think kids will always be kids, no matter what generation it is. Gotcha. And it's my job as a teacher to believe in my students, mm-hmm. even if times get rough and they let me down. Or they, you know, whatever's going through their life, like the longer that you're consistent with them and the longer that you continue to tell them that you love them and you believe in them, mm-hmm. they'll eventually come around, even if it takes one or two years, you know, for yeah, a kid yeah. to come back to really being into something or making the expectations happen for you. Mm. Now, during like, you know, uh, let's say you're like during like uh, practice or like class. Um, if that, if that like, you know, one individual or like just someone in general is just having an off day, you know, well, well what do you usually do to like kind of, you know, still get them involved during the, the session, but like still like help them out through whatever they're going through? Yeah, that's a tough one too, because it's hard to read kids' minds. Sometimes yeah. if a kid's going through a hard time in class one day, it's like, okay, leave him alone. Don't draw attention to it because mm. you don't want to be in front of everyone like, oh, so-and-so, what's wrong? And like, yeah. they don't want that kind of attention. Yeah. So just, you know, I loosen the expectations for a kid every once in a while. You mm. can tell by looking at a kid's face or looking into their eyes like, oh, today's not their best day. Mm. So I won't harp on them, but I think... If that happens for a consistent period of time, like two or three classes back to back, I then ask, hey, is everything okay? Mm -hmm. And if they push back and they're like, nah, or the answer's not really 100% there, it's like, okay, well, let me know if you want to talk. Let me know if you want to talk. And you can ask over and over and over again. And then, you know, you also have to be strict about your expectations after some point. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't just not do anything for a month, two months, three months. That's not how that happens right and then eventually most of the time it clicks in a kid's brain and they come around and they actually share you know what's going on and Mm. then you can make a plan with a kid about how to get them out of whatever headspace that they're in that's getting effect that's affecting their rehearsal etiquette i I think that's a great plan and um like the the way that you uh like resolve around that and just like work around that i think that's like fantastic and uh I, I applaud you for like being being able to have like a relationship uh like one on one like through just like uh education itself and like the school and like what we do outside. Um I just thank you for that. Um now I know you're also a lacrosse coach, which is crazy. You also do like um real estate as well. So you, you do choir, lacrosse and like real estate, which I think is crazy how you're able to handle all that. Um starting off with like lacrosse, what do you find like crazy about like being a lacrosse coach and like going like from like that choir space of like you know like not being like active and like as crazy of like energy to like now we're running and like you know tossing a ball and like you know going to that kind of like more yelling aspect I'd say because as a coach yeah I actually don't think that they're very different I yell in chorus and I yell on the field Mm. 
Um, I think both of them are team activities. They're centered around not just one person, but around a team. So I, I mean, I hadn't played lacrosse since high school. It'd been 10 years since I'd picked up a stick. And then last year when Light Ridge opened, I was like, you know, time to like get back into it. I'll volunteer and help the team out. And I missed it. And it was nice to be out in the sun and, you know, hanging out with some of my favorite students that are on the girls lacrosse teams. And then this year they were like, oh, we got a JV team. And I was like, I don't know if I've got time for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just seeing the energy and excitement of all the girls who were going to be a part of it made me want to be a part of that experience for them. I Gosh. had a great time in lacrosse growing up. So I was like, you know, I want to make sure that they have that same experience. So I would say it's not too different. Like coaching is just another form of teaching. Mm. So you just have to lesson plan it and make sure – it's not a lesson plan anymore, but it's a practice plan. Practice plan yeah. So figure that out, see what the needs of your team are, and then execute it from there. I think both of them are pretty solid and high energy for me. Mm, no, it's I, almost the same. Yeah. Um, now, do you, do you like, if, you, if you're like on the field, right, and like, are you one of those types of coaches that like, you know, yells at their kids like, oh, you know, 10 laps if you're not doing this right, or are you just one of those coaches that like, like, I don't know, chill, more chill, but, like, still disciplined and, like, I don't know, not as crazy. Oh, gosh. You got to ask the girls that. But I think I don't call kids out and then make them, like, run or anything mm. for that. But I do call kids out if they're not doing something. Yeah. Like, if you're dropping the ball five times, I'm going to say, hey, it'd be nice for you to eventually pick that up. <laughs> yeah. Or catch it. Yeah, That'd be nice. nudge them, yeah. Or, hey, it's been, like, five times that your passes have been trash. Hey. Let me might. know when... You've like, taken out the trash and you're ready to move on. Yeah, but it's all it's all for fun and games and a joke. I think if a coach creates like a positive environment where mm. like I half laugh my way through that, oh, yeah. I'm not trying to be passive aggressive. I'm just making sure that the kids feel like they're getting that individualized attention and that they feel like I'm watching every single kid on the yeah. field. So I do it to push them to be better because they realize that I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's like kind of like that friendly way too, kind of like mm. still like, you know, like, like not like yelling borderline, but like, you know, being friendly still and like coachable and like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. And, um, now as, as a kid growing up and like being a music teacher, um, do you play any instruments? Yeah. So the first thing I picked up was definitely guitar again, so, camp rock. I'm telling you movie changed my life. I thought it was so cool. So I bought a guitar uh, freshman year, and Taylor Swift was really big big oh, okay. back then. It's so embarrassing to say. But Are you a T Swift fan? I'm a Swifty deep down, man. <laughs> not not like like diehard, but mm. she really her music was easy to learn. So it Got was like you. the same five chords over and over and over again. So it was easy to sing her songs. She doesn't sing like crazy hard vocals or anything like that. Yeah. So it was attainable for someone that was, like, a freshman in high school. How, how long did it take you to, like, get really good at guitar? Or, like, just, like, in general, just pick it up? Um, And I'm not, like, a super, super good or anything, but I'm good enough to be able to, like, accompany myself or play for other students. I'd say, like, three or four months because I was obsessed with it. Yeah. I just, like, really grinded for a summer to learn how to do it. Now, how, how did you uh, – what was your method of learning uh, guitar? Was it, like, through – when I, like, learned it for my first, like, one to two years, I learned it through, like, this book, and you had, like, notes you can, like, play through, but I, I don't know if, like, you used the internet or if, like, notes were popular back then. 
Yeah, I used tabs, so guitar tabs and guitar chords, and I just make sure that my fingers were in the right spot. Um, YouTube was really big when I was a kid around high school, so you could watch YouTube videos, and I I would watch like people and how they played, and I I had like a good sense of rhythm from growing up around music, gotcha. so I I could strum pretty well young. And then in college, I started to really pick up the piano because you have to to be a chorus teacher. Mm. Not so fun. I am not very good at piano. Well, it was a really that. frustrating at first. Yo, I had to look at my transcripts the other day from college because I'm trying to like go into grad school, hopefully at some point. Okay. Uh, and I had like C's in piano class. Oh, wow. Yeah, not good. I was not a good piano student. Uh, how Did you have the same teacher throughout those few years or was it like different? Like, I don't know if, like, because your choir, you had the same teacher for, like, five years. Mm-hmm. Was this, was it different for piano? Um, college piano, yeah. Every semester, we had a different teacher. Sometimes, we would have the same teacher two semesters in a row. It just depended on what class t- slot you signed up for and what worked with your schedule. Gotcha, gotcha. And now, compared to, like, choir, what was, like, I don't know, like, for choir, I'd say, like, the frustrating part is, like, getting that note down or, like, that, that rhythm, I guess. Um, what would that... Part B for, like, piano, you'd say. Oh, my gosh. Piano exposes you, man. You got f- 10 fingers. So that's 10 opportunities to mess up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the part that's really stressful. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm just my left hand's not as coordinated. And you got two different clefs going and also did bass clef in one hand ten- and treble clef in the other hand. And there's all sorts of things just, going on. So it's, a lot of, it's, a lot it's of multi- just a lot of multitasking. And I didn't. I didn't fall in love with piano the way that I did chorus or really when I was young guitar. Mm. Um, it just didn't interest me as much. Gotcha. But over time, you know, especially teaching different music and sight reading the music on the spot, I've gotten a lot better. Oh, that's awesome. Um, now, I'm not like too familiar with like piano pieces, but or like music pieces in general in choir. But what is like your favorite like piece like that you've ever like played or like just listened to in general? Oh, gosh, I don't think that there's a single, like, official piano piece that I could play myself, mm-hmm. except for, like, the stuff in my level one piano book. I don't know. Um, but I would say there are a couple of, like, beautiful art songs that have a singer to them that have amazing accompaniment. Uh, one of my favorites is by a composer named Schubert. Uh, he's a German composer, and he writes some pretty intense, like, aggressive, rhythm-driven pieces of music that gotcha. have some killer piano parts to them. Gotcha. And that, like, I, I like I, I like how you talk about, like, emotional-driven, because, like, a lot of the pieces I see you choose are, like, kind of, like, emotional-reflecting. Like, they reflect, like, something like, I don't know, like a story or, like, like a, like a type of feeling, like sadness or, like, anger, which I think is really cool. And um, I'm happy to hear that you have an upcoming concert on, like, uh, different types of emotion or like mental health in general and just like telling like a story in a way i don't know if you want to explain it a little bit more but yeah absolutely actually jalen your podcast is what uh really inspired me for the concert i just you have really come so far with not only just finding something that you are passionate about with this podcast but also as a as a musician you've improved so much over the past couple of years and and as a person you've really made some huge life improvements and watching you do that has inspired me oh, to kind of you. use you know what you're doing um to showcase you know that kids kids have various emotions and no matter what look at you know what can happen on the flip side when they persevere and they push through so um 
the concert's just going to have a couple of different pieces and each song is like dedicated to one emotion. So one could be about love. One could be about, you know, perseverance and working through something. And one could be about anger. So we're just using songs to represent emotion. And then I'm hoping to do like voiceover podcasts in between the songs. So I'm going to have to, you know, have you do a little bit of extra work. I might have to, I might have to get a little extra clips in. Yeah. We'll get you some extra credit, you know? Hey, hey, I'm, 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 I'd love to do all that uh, for the, for the the concert. And uh, I'd like to, you know, really boost up the game and make it great. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, so, uh, thank you for like the uh, the inspiration. By the way, that inspired you for like you know the concert theme. And yeah, that means you're a, lot. a cool kid. Thank you're you. Doing that some cool stuff. That means a lot. Um, so I know like going going back to earlier, uh, we were talking about like um the, your activities and your jobs, like how you do SEA, uh, real estate, choir, lacrosse. How how do you find yourself balancing all that? Because <laughs> you 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 find you you know you lo- you like doing every activity you choose to do like choir you love doing um lacrosse you love doing it's not something that really like stresses you out necessarily but how do you like that 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 could be a lot sometimes it can be a lot I think that's something that I struggle with um I just really wholeheartedly love you guys as kids and I just want to do everything I can to make sure that you have a good experience in school the way that I did in high school. Mm-hmm. And the more effort and energy that I put into you, hopefully you put in the effort and energy in the activities that we're doing. Yeah. And it means something to you. So it's hard for me to say no when I see a group of kids who need a sponsor for something or a coach or um, a director for something, you know, I I'm, I'm starting to learn. And I think I I had a huge conversation in one of my classes with you guys, right. About, Oh my gosh, like Kareem's doing a lot and this is too much and it's affecting you guys are watching me stress out, but it's also affecting like, how much individual time I have to really check up on my OG students that are my chorus students. Mm-hmm. And that's where my priorities at. You know, I, I'm here because my dream was to be a chorus teacher. And a lot of these extra things are awesome. And I'm passionate about leadership and, and being athletic in sports and all that stuff. But I don't have to necessarily spread myself so thin that I can't do any of it at the caliber that I want to. Yeah. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I think you got to create a Google calendar. Shout out to my fiance for teaching me how to do that. Google calendar. Yeah. He, he's really like strict about, you no, know, everything's got to go in the calendar because I double book. Like I tell five people that I'm available mm. and then I'm like, oh crap. Like I have a practice and a game and this and this and it's all at the same time. It's like on your head, just scrambling. It's all around. on my head. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to be better about that and kind of like winding back on some of the responsibilities that I have so I could have more attention for the couple of things that I really, really want to focus on. Mm, I, I, I like that, like uh, that you're like focused kind of more on like being able to focus more on like, you know, managing things out and just like having more time. And uh, I'm just curious to know, is your husband like really productive? Like t- like one of those types of people where it's like, oh, I need like a calendar. I need like my goals thing, my like. Um, I don't know, like just like one of those productive, you know, those productive minimalistic people. Yeah. So we're, we're still engaged. We're not married quite yet. We're going to be married, uh, next year, but, uh, yeah. All you guys just think that I straight up got married. 
Because you, you guys don't know the difference between fiance. Because we're talking and about marriage now. here, and it's like yeah, we're marriage. excited. You yeah, know? we are. We are excited for it. Um, but he's really organized with what he has to do and when his deadlines are. Mm. Um, he procrastinates though. No, yeah. no one's perfect. Yeah, no, no one's, one's perfect. perfect. But he is way more organized than I am with his time. Do you? Do you like? I'm pretty sure, but like, does some of that like kind of transfer over to like you a bit? Like, when once like you see he's a little bit more like organized, you're like, oh, I kind of want to be more organized now. Yeah, he. The cool thing about relationships too, you want to kind of ends up being with somebody who makes you a better version of you, and you make them a better version of them. Yeah. And he is definitely someone who has has really helped me improve my life. And I'm better for it. That's awesome, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, that's happened, and I'm I'm happy for you guys. Oh, um, thanks. Let's see here. Uh, so you know, while working with students, what, what like you know, not necessarily like stresses you, but like what what necessarily stresses you the most about like working with students? Yo, Snapchat. Snapchat. The texting, the crushes that you guys have. The drama. The drama. Oh, man. You got, I mean, teenage, teenage stuff, right? Like yeah. kids are distracted and, and that gets in the way of your rehearsal space and things like that. Yeah. Um, teenagers are tough. You know, you guys are at an age where you've, you've got the whole world at your fingertips on your cell phones. And um, the battle is, you know, it, the I feel so good when we have those rehearsals that everyone is so locked in that no one's on their phone and everyone's hearts in it and everyone's focused. Yeah. So the goal every day is to create the perfect situation for that to happen. Sometimes we make it, sometimes we don't make it. Yeah. But it's a constant battle of the attention span of a 16-year-old, you know? I think what, like, really makes that up is just online identity, just, like, who you are as a person online like that's like the obvious but like just we're so focused on like you know like how we how people see us online just like you know when you when someone searches you up on like instagram or like you know on youtube for example you know they get yeah. to like know everything like they, they get to find out like what, what what you play what activities you do what, what jobs you it's like uh, keep that close to your chest guys i'm telling you yeah like and it's okay if you leave someone open for an hour no one's gonna yeah. freak out no no it's, it's but not. but you guys feel like oh my god like i gotta respond to the snap i gotta respond to set no one cares like yeah. everything's gonna be just fine if you don't i feel like that, that's see this is what i do for like snaps right i'm like oh okay well snaps i can reply to later you know i have to mm -hmm. the reply every day but like if it's like a text maybe then like I'll, I'll keep myself open to that only so i'm like not on social media and texting i'm just like importance like yeah. just text yeah Absolutely. But, but I agree. This whole identity thing, kids got a separate identity online than they do. Like they're uh, teachers say that too, you know, oh my God, like this kid's YouTube famous, but they're super quiet in class. How is that possible? Yeah. And I, I get it. You know, kids feel more open when they aren't really around actual people and they have their own online persona. Yeah. But hopefully one day we can get to a place that everyone can kind of close the gap of who they are virtually and who they are in person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, it definitely make like there's so much like I don't know like anger and like beef that happens online that just re resolves in like dumb stuff in so real life. So stupid, yeah. But yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so in your free time, like outside of like the activities you do in like SEA and choir, what what do you necessarily do for yourself in your free time? 
Oh gosh, if I have free time. So right now in the spring, no free time at all. But no. um, some something that I really enjoy doing is I, I love going to DC. I think the city is like close enough, but far enough where you can, you know, drive over and I have a car. So obviously yeah. 45 minute drive, check out a new spot in the city, like a new restaurant or, um, you know, set up a picnic somewhere or go to a coffee shop and, and just chill or shop or um, I just like being around a lot of people in a city environment. So sometimes I just do that by myself or I'll drag my friends out and bug them to come with me. Um, yeah, I really love separating myself from the suburbs completely for my free time and exposing myself to more of that hustle and bustle that our area has to offer. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like you're a city person? Like, if you could, like, go back or, like, you know, work your job around, like, the city, would, would you do it? I think that the suburbs have more opportunities for teachers to feel supported because our schools are funded so well. City schools are not funded as well. Yeah. And there's a million reasons, and we don't have to go into that. But uh, I would love to – I'm kind of both – like, I love living in the suburbs, and I love teaching in the suburbs, yeah. but I don't like my free time to be there. Gotcha. So I always, like, I don't want to hang out in Ashburn. Mm. There's nothing to do yeah, in yeah. Ashburn, There's Virginia, nothing. right? But I just drive over 45 minutes, 40 minutes. New environment. New, new space, environment, yeah. new space, and then you don't have to pay the rent that's there, and you can just yeah. move on and go home. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And you're so, just like, you don't know anyone there. So like, and no one knows you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one knows you. You could do whatever you want, hang out with your friends, you know, see something new. So yeah. I would say city and suburbs. I love city. what each one has to offer. Got you, got you. And do you notice that, like, big difference around, like, the people when you, like, move from the city to the suburbs? Like, I don't know, people could be, like, more, like, um, I don't know, this is random, but, like, adventures maybe in the city compared to, like... Some people I, in the suburbs. I think it's just depending on area, right? So when you go to L.A., and I've been to L.A. a couple of times now, everyone's so chill, everyone's calm. East Coast, like D.C., New York, everyone's yeah. so high-strung, and I'm the same way. Like, we're all like, yeah. oh, my God, we got to work. Oh, my God, we got to do this. But yeah, yeah. L.A., everyone's chill. People like, in Virginia Beach are chill. We're yeah. just, like, so obsessed with that grind. I don't that, know what it is. Yeah, so I wouldn't say, I think it's the whole Northern Virginia, D.C. area. We're all just, like, you got a tick of, like, oh, my God, we got to make money. Oh, my God, like, got to pick up the kids. Oh, my. Yeah. So no one's slowing down. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't say that there's much of a difference between the suburbs and the city, except for there's a lot more people in their 20s and 30s that live in the city. Mm, yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that makes more sense, too, because, yeah. like, you're going out of college, you're, like, Living life, I guess. Yeah, trying to be walking distance to the fun spots. Oh yeah. Um, now, do you are do you uh, watch Marvel? Like that, that's like a big question because like I know we've talked about this in class a little bit, yeah. and that you've like been like a little man about it. But I want to know now, like if you've gotten to that point. Oh man, so Rutan is really into. He's into Marvel. He's so into Marvel and DC, and I didn't even know that DC existed. I didn't know what it was until we started hanging out. Uh -huh. So he's a nerd for it. Like he's got a whole tattoo sleeve dedicated to like oh, all the, yeah, he's really, really into it. He's got all the comics and stuff, whatever. That's awesome. So I wasn't into it, but mm -hmm. 
then like hanging out with him more. Um, I loved the Batman movie. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. The Spider-Man movie was amazing. So anything that is well done is good. Black Panther was really good. good. I don't like the Avengers movies. They're too complicated. Is, is you have to like, know what's going on ahead of time. Yeah, and you like, have to know every like, character kind of Yeah, thing. so stepping foot into the Marvel world without the background, you have to like start from ground zero to really yeah. like work your way into understanding all of it. I don't got time for that. I just want like a good two-hour movie with some great acting and like some good action, and then I want to move on with my life. Oh, yeah, so you're more of like just like the uh, one movie and kind of done person. One yeah. movie and kind of done. All right, yeah. all, right, all right, that makes more sense. Dedicated to reality TV, though, I'll say that. What's your What's your favorite show? Oh gosh, I love. Oh my god, this is awful. Everyone's gonna judge me for this. I love Selling Sunset. I'm not. I'm not familiar with it, but it's like all these bougie real estate agents that live oh, in LA. Okay, okay. So good. I love the Kardashians. Shout out to Kardashians. The Kardashians. We love them. I don't know. It's just so like dumb. Yeah. That it's good TV because it's like, all just dumb. It's like rich people talking about. I just love couples. watching rich people in their outfits and their cars and just the lifestyle. Kylie Jenner's pink Lambo. Like, hey, hell yeah. That, 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 that's like what, what it's all about. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah. No, I think that, that's that's awesome. Um, Now, like growing up as a kid and like not having like as much as you had now and just as a person, like not mm-hmm. being able to like see yourself from then. Um. Did you ever have to, like, prove anyone wrong? Uh, yeah. Um, my parents weren't really supportive of the whole music career. I think, you know, they came to this country wanting better and more opportunities for their kids. So when they were like, oh, you want to be a music major? Like, you're not going to make any money. Like, this is not a good idea. So I had to prove them wrong a million and a half times. Like, I had to convince them to even go into music in the first place. And then oh. it took until... My upperclassmen years at JMU where I started, you know, doing my senior recital and my I won the conducting competition and different things that they were like, oh, wait, this is going to work out for her, I think. And then they started being supportive. So if you've got people in your life, you know, that are doubting you, but you are certain that your dream can come true if you work hard enough, Mm -hmm. like cancel out the noise Forget about what anybody else has to stay, say and just do the best that you can to make those dreams come true. And then people will start to accept that dream when you start seeing success. Got you, got you. That, yeah. made, that, that makes sense. And um, I have this, like, one question that I'm, like, curious to, to get your, like, yeah. uh, thought about. Um, Is, like, I don't know what to put the word for it or, like, what to say with it. But, um, like, would you say, like, kind of, like, not having as much growing up and, like, you know, having, like, struggles is a mm-hmm. privilege compared to, like, people who get everything or, like, you know, have all that opportunity around them. Would you say that could that, could that be, like, a privilege in a way? It can. I think it's a 50-50 coin. Gotcha. So if you've grown up with not as much in terms of resources or, you know, at a lower socioeconomic status, usually you have a different perspective on life than kids yeah. that do, right? Yeah. So that's a privilege because you I'm not going to generalize, but most of the time, um, those are the people that hustle a lot, work really hard, have a lot of ambition to get themselves out of the situation that they're in. Gotcha. People who are on the opposite side of the coin that have gotten a lot of opportunities really young and, and a lot of things have happened for them just because of the privilege that they've had socioeconomically, they are not 
as ambitious to start off. There are a million exceptions in both situations, though. There are kids that come from a lot of privilege that are very driven and work very, very hard. There are kids that come from socioeconomic statuses that don't work very hard. And there's a million reasons why for each and every single one of those situations. So you can't ever judge anybody. You know, everyone's on their own journey. Every person has their own life story and their own reasons for why they do things or why they act a certain way or why they believe things. So Mm -hmm. I always try and kind of focus on myself and, and not really ask questions about how people live their life. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's in their own lane, learn what you can from people and leave the negativity out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, for sure. Like, just, like, focusing on, like, what matters and, like, what what you really vision for yourself in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. Um, Now, growing up, like, uh, through your experience in high school and college, what are some of the biggest, like, skills you've, like, got out of that in general and, like, throughout, like, school? Oh, school. I loved school. I think learning is just so cool. I loved, I I was really lucky. I had some really amazing English and history teachers. I took a world religions class. That teacher was awesome. Obviously my chorus teacher. So I loved arts and humanities and, and things like that. Science and math, not so much. I was good at them, but like, I just wanted to get them out of the way, but I loved those environments. And, and I think just in terms of lessons learned, One is it's okay to care about things. Like some kids think it's not cool to care about your grades or not to care about, you know, being successful in a class or people call people teacher's pets. There's no such thing. Like work as hard as you want to. Try as hard as you want to. Build relationships with your teachers as much as you want to and cancel out the noise. Yeah. Like don't let people judge you for whatever it is that is important to you. It's just judgment. That's it's like, just judgment. So yeah. stupid. Yeah. So that's lesson one, I think. And I think the other thing too is, you work for what you, you get what you work for. So if you want to work hard, you're going to achieve more. And if you don't work hard compared to the people that are around you, then it, you're not going to achieve as much. So it's sense. you know that and a million and a half lessons of like life will throw you a, a bunch of really crazy curveballs. Um, people will come into your life that are toxic. People will, uh, you know, you judge you for who you are. There's a lot of negativity and negative energy and negative people out in the world. Mm-hmm. And your job is to kind of always check in with yourself. Like every, every week at one point, take like one hour to sit and say, okay, are the people in my life, the people that should be around me mm-hmm. are the th- thoughts that I'm having, the thoughts that I should have. Am I focused on my goals? And if you feel like that week you haven't done things to achieve who you are Mm -hmm. and better yourself, then you're doing it wrong. So I I would do like a weekly check-in for myself. I got lost a million and a half times on that journey, but over time, if you keep like pushing for that, it makes a huge difference. No, I had uh, Noah Noah was also one of your students. Yeah, um, I had him on the podcast, my third episode, mm-hmm. and he, he said uh, this one. Uh, I'm gonna quote him. Um, he said like you have to kind of like get lost to like kind of learn from it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like just go ahead first and like learn from like what what you go through basically. Essentially. Yeah, and uh, do you do. Would you essentially like agree on that? I love Noah. See, it's kids <laughs> wise. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think I, personally, not to, you know, share too much, but I, 
in one way, shape, or form had been lost for a really, really long time, years, I would say, until I really sat down with somebody to have really deep conversations about, you know, why am I so far off the person who I want to be with the people around me who I want? And talking to them and and being a part of that has shaped me into guiding me into the right direction. But it's true. You have to kind of fall and hit rock bottom before you can build yourself back up. Got you. Got you. And uh, it it won't be like that for everyone necessarily, but like, I think that's just like what really pushes people like that. that, Yeah. If you ignore too much of like, the things that you shouldn't be doing or the people you shouldn't be around and you keep ignoring it, keep ignoring it, then you will eventually hit rock bottom. But you're right. Not everyone needs to experience it that way. Yeah. Um, now if, if you're a choir student, right. And mm-hmm. may, let's say like, uh, or not, not, yeah, you're a choir student. It's like your first, second year getting into like mm-hmm. choir. What, what do you like? Let, let's put it into your perspective. Let's say you're the choir student. What are you going to try to like, you know, work on these, these next few years or like maybe, uh, build to like build a relationship with the students like what, what are you going to try to like do yeah I mean there are a couple of things right you want to really showcase your dedication by being sacred about rehearsal space so like do what you need to do during rehearsal and always push yourself vocally to get better if you don't put yourself out there with your voice you're never gonna achieve it um, if you don't practice to the full 100% that you can give every day gotcha. um I would say also build relationships with your teacher and the students that are around you. So with your section. So if you're an alto, like build relationships with the rest of your alto section, build a relationship with your director and, and find a way to fit into the environment as best as you can. And I think the third one is to have a positive attitude. No one has a fabulous time doing any activity every single day. There are sometimes you walk into lacrosse practice, not the best day. Sometimes you're in the chorus classroom, not the best rehearsal. Sometimes, you know, but you have to always remain positive and know that through the ups and downs of everything, eventually, like, you're going to create something beautiful with the music that you have. So buy into that and respect it and really be an advocate for it. Be proud of being in, in the program. Be proud, yeah. Yeah, be yeah. proud. You're you're a part of a program that is doing something special. So show it off. Oh yeah, no, I I think that's perfect the way you put it. Um, show it off and like be able to like you know dress like to your community that hey like we're a group. We, yeah, you know, we're trying to show off some talent. You know, yeah, we're, we're making it to the next good. level. You do a pretty good job. Hey, hey, let's get it. Um, superior ratings and all. Yeah. Oh yeah, about that. What was like you know. How did you celebrate that 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 superior? Talk, talk a little bit about that. How was like the, the IHOP hang, man? The IHOP hang. Yeah, out. I just love uh, creating opportunities for kids to spend time together outside of class. So a thing that I my director used to do in high school, you know, we'd say, okay, everybody meet up at this place after the concert. Let's hang out and celebrate the concert. So we had a sweet frog really close by. So everyone would go get ice cream and then we'd get so excited when our director would come and hang out with us. Yes. Just provides more opportunity for you to build memories with your students. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, just, that was a great way to celebrate, you know, some chicken and waffles, enjoying hey. my time, hanging out with the best kids ever. Yeah. We worked really, really hard. I can't wait to work harder in the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good stepping stone, but you guys, every single one of my groups, you you all worked your butts off, and you all got superior ratings for that, and that's a huge honor. Hey, let's let's go Light Ridge. Let's go Light Ridge. Um, so t- talking about like you know the job 
job force again, like mm-hmm. the, the the job world. Yeah. If you could like switch to a job for a day, like any any random job, what mm-hmm. would it be? Government. Government. Yeah, I think the State Department's really cool. I loved history growing up, and um, I love Middle Eastern relations, like foreign affairs. And yeah. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding in the Middle East with the United States. And I I would have loved as a a separate life, I think, to bring people together um, with mutual understanding and being a part of those conversations yeah. uh, or traveling as a foreign service officer, different things like that. Yeah, music's cool because you bring people together to understand more about humanity through music, yeah. but that would have been just a different way to do that on a, yeah. a different scale. You technically don't need, like, lyrics to, like, understand people through music, right? You could just, like, the rhythm, the beat, like, the, the, the instrument itself. Yeah, even the, the, vo- even the if vibe it, that yeah. you feel when, like, a chord rings in a room and everyone's just, like, locked in perfectly. Like, you oh, get yeah. chills every single time. Everyone oh, yeah. feels it. Just, like, that click. It's just, like, yeah. all right, we're, we're, we're playing something now. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah. Now... You know, to, to kind of end off the interview a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. this, this is like a little controversial topic, but like, you it's know, okay. the, the music industry, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's been like a lot of controversy with like rappers not getting paid by like, you know, Spotify or like Apple Music, for example, mm-hmm. like not paying artists as much. Do you feel as like there's going to be a big change coming up? Because, you know, growing up, you said your parents thought like music wouldn't make as much money as mm-hmm. supposedly it would, but... Do you think there's going to be, like, a, a change in the new uh, generation, just, like, upcoming kids and, like, what we're, we're doing with music? Absolutely. You guys don't need record labels anymore. Mm. You could be independent yeah, and independent post your music uh, anywhere that you want, and you can copyright that on mm-hmm. your own terms and, and create, a, you know, just hire a lawyer for a couple hundred bucks to to trademark your stuff and move on with your life. So that's the cool part about being young right now in this new generation is you guys have access to all these tools where you don't need some hot shot at Sony records to tell you what to do and give you an advance. Like you could make music from your bedroom with a MacBook and download logic pro and have, you know, a MIDI keyboard and move on. And, And that's why so many people are advocating in terms of artists to, to have their creative space and their creativity in general be respected so if they're getting conned out they're not going to buy it anymore Mm, yeah that's true power to the power to the artist man oh yeah like everyone should step out of these situations in terms of record labels if they don't feel like it's working out for them you can post music on spotify on your own you don't need you don't need a label yeah yeah, literally you can just and i know like a lot of people get like uh, there's like a lot of issues with the record labels and like control and like management like releasing music yeah so i I can see how people get caught up in that yeah Um, there's so many bands who like had great music when they weren't signed and then when they were signed all of a sudden their music is trash because someone's telling them what to do oh yeah it's so i hate that yeah it's like that's my that's my two cents on it i think record labels are stupid yeah no you can definitely do a lot as an independent person just like if you get a group of people get like i don't know good good some good marketing at least chance the rapper independent yeah, independent. There, uh, who else? Let's see here. Um, let me take think think off the top of my head. Uh, Kanye made his own music for for beats and stuff. Correct. Yeah, he was a producer really young. You know. Oh yeah, and yeah. producers don't even get enough credit as well. Like, a lot not of- until recently, the past five years. I think when trap really started hitting 
the rap industry, that's when things really changed. Those producers that had those beats were starting to get shout outs on their tags and songs and stuff. So that didn't used to happen. Mm -mm, No, like producer tags weren't a big thing. Definitely. Like it's definitely like there's a, there's a lot of like uh, light coming to producers now and just like, you know, like uh, music, music video directors and stuff as well too. Yeah. Everyone's getting those big shout outs and I love that. I think it's really, really important. Um, yeah. Um, I'm glad you're uh, able to join me on this podcast episode today, and um, I think it went awesome, and I'm I'm uh, glad to have you on. And uh, I appreciate you, Jalen. Thanks for having me. This was so exciting. Yeah. It felt so cool. Oh yeah, getting invited. I, I was I was uh I was excited to have you on, and I'm like you know like just making these questions. I'm like oh like there's so many like good like questions and like thoughts and connections we I could ask, but like. You know, that, that's just like the, the rundown, the list I had, but no, yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for all you do. I feel like all these kids are getting really hype about your, your podcast <laughs> and everyone's waiting for that invite. So hey, I appreciate you. To grow. Thanks so much. Oh yeah, of course. And, uh, this has been a walk in the world with zero. This has been Halai Kareem, also known as Miss Kareem for, for your students. And,